Now, if I mention the Federal Bureau of Investigation, you probably think of agents chasing mob bosses or, in earlier times, Ku Klux Klansmen or Soviet spies. But according to documents turned over to the US House of Representatives, the FBI has been spying on Catholics who sing the Mass in Latin. Ed Condon is publisher of the Catholic journal The Pillar. He's been following the story. A field office for the FBI in Virginia had initiated an investigation and was promoting the idea of further commitment to investigating so-called traditionalist Catholic communities. Now, as you might expect, federal law enforcement has a pretty slippery grasp of what the definition of a traditionalist Catholic or a traditionalist Catholic community might be. But it seems to be people who favor, for example, mass in Latin or have a lot of children, things like that, or or might tend to take what the author of this memo considered to be too active an interest in church teaching. Initially, the FBI sought to downplay this and said this was the actions of one rogue agent in one field office in Virginia, and there was nothing really to see here. But in more recent submissions to the committee, we've learned that actually this fellow was in communication with several other field offices around the country, that some efforts had been made in places like California to make the next steps in an investigation into this to try and embed people in the community to cultivate what they call human intelligence resources and things like that. So it does look like there was some effort to start spying on people who the government, or at least some agents of the government, thought were just too Catholic. Let's just get this straight, Ed. Did you say that it looks like there were attempts to plant spies in church congregations? That seems to be where they were going with this, yes. And it recommended making approaches to church authorities to develop contacts with them as a sort of sideways, what they call tripwire mechanism, you know, basically, as near as I can parse the law enforcement language of the memo, seemed to suggest we should ask their bishops and priests if they'd consider keeping an eye on their congregations and reporting to us if they thought anyone was getting a little bit too traddy, maybe. I know that if you go back 30 years in the FBI history, there was surveillance of groups like the Branch Davidians, probably with good reason. As it turned out, it came to an extremely tragic and violent end. But why would they be concerned about groups of Catholics who simply favour traditional teaching? The documents that the FBI have handed over, including the memo setting out the rationale for all of this, aren't entirely clear. And in fact, they're rather internally incoherent. They identify so-called traditionalist Catholic communities as likely hotbeds of white supremacy, even though they note in the document that actually racism and anti-immigrant sentiment and so-called white supremacy is against Catholic doctrine. And so if these people really are deeply committed Catholics, they couldn't possibly be racists. But they do flag other concerns, such as that they might be likely to be opposed to transgenderism, or they might be homophobic or opposed to, as the memo puts it, LGBTQI plus groups and individuals. I wouldn't want to suggest they're on firm ground, but it's true that church teaching takes a point of view on issues of human sexuality and gender issues that are at odds with the sort of prevailing cultural norms. But the suggestion that that means that Catholics are therefore criminally suspect, I think, is something that most people would recoil from. And it should be said that that church teaching is the church teaching adhered to by Pope Francis. He speaks in language that is a lot gentler, but it is still the same church teaching to which he adheres. Uh, Does that make Pope Francis suspicious in the eyes of the FBI? 
Well, you have to imagine it would. I mean, you say he says it in much gentler language, and it depends really on what aspect of church teaching he talks about. Pope Francis is, as I think the church globally is, and certainly the church in the United States is under the U.S. Catholic bishops, unapologetically pro-immigrant and pro-refugee and everything like that. But Pope Francis has absolutely no truck with what he calls gender ideology, which uh, he considers to be a dangerous pseudoscience that's being inflicted on children. Now, people can have their own discussions about whether or not they think that's the right way to speak about these things, but that is how the Pope's talking about them. And so if the Pope is guilty of thought crime, so are more than a billion Catholics worldwide, presumably. Ed, you've been using the term traditionalist Catholics, traditionalist. Is there a difference at all between a traditionalist Catholic and a traditional Catholic? Is it a distinction without difference or is there something there? Well, I think if you just pass, there isn't a difference. But traditionalist Catholic tends to be a word or phrase that gets invoked to describe people who, of all things, tend to have their own liturgical preferences rather than ideological preferences. When people speak of traditionalist communities, they tend to mean they favor, you know, a sort of pre-1970s version of the Mass. They like things in Latin. They like the priest facing east rather than towards the assembly and that sort of thing. The Catholic Church has its own lively and at times very lively debate about liturgical reforms. But the idea that this somehow spills over into a threat of ideology against the civil state, I think, is quite ridiculous, but shows uh, the level of religious ignorance that is often at play when we're talking about law enforcement and government officials. Mm. To be fair, is there the slightest prospect, though, that some so-called traditionalist Catholics may be prey to infiltration by white nationalist elements? They may become recruiting grounds. Really, what we're seeing is not so much that these communities are at risk of infiltration, but as with almost any community, religious or otherwise, there are members who are going to have some pretty unsavory political ideas. Catholics in the United States, there are several tens of millions of them. There are no exception to this rule. And certainly in the run-up to and fallout from the last presidential election, we saw, obviously, all sorts of terrible behavior and demonstrations that culminated in the riots on Capitol Hill on January 6th. And there were Catholics there among them, and there were what I think it's pretty fair to say, lunatic fringe extremist voices on YouTube and things like that who tried to cultivate a, a sort of Catholic audience who were also present and supportive of that sort of behavior. But their key identifier there wasn't so much that they were Catholic, it's that they were part of this wider sort of fever swamp of ideas going on at the time of QAnon and online conspiracy theories and things. You know, in that sense, the QAnon movement that culminated in the riots on Capitol Hill in a perverse way, it was one of the most successful ecumenical movements the U.S. has ever seen. It had Catholics, it had Protestants, it had atheists, it had all sorts. It had pagans. It did. It certainly did have pagans. And it had some pretty bona fide white supremacists and things in there. But as the FBI's own now turned over to the House Judiciary Committee documents say, well, actually, Catholic teaching and so traditional or traditionalist, however you want to turn them, Catholics, don't go in for that sort of thing. They tend to take a pretty allergic stance to things like paganism and neo-Norse uh, symbolism and vocabulary that comes along with the white supremacist fringe in the, in the United States politics. So, again, even the FBI's own rationale for this sort of thing seems to be very, very confused. I'm not sure entirely of the situation in the US, but in Australia, I think you might find it hard to classify traditional Catholics as white nationalists, especially given that 
that um, quite a few of their priests are, are of South Asian background. I mean, are these traditional communities white communities uh, in essence or not? No more than they would be reflective of the demographics of wherever they happen to be. And I think Catholic communities tend to reflect the wider demographics of the city or state that they're drawn from. So if you go somewhere that is, you know, extremely rural and somewhere like Montana, I suppose from the outside they might look terribly white, but a community with exactly the same preferences and values and ways of worship that you find in, I don't know, Miami or New York or California would look very different demographically, but not feel very different from a Catholic perspective. Ed Condon of The Pillar. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.